Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I am Joe Judge, new head coach of the New York Giants. We did not discuss that at all, Gabe, but I had to throw that on you from the get-go. I actually think the man is going to be a good coach. Um, that is my hot take. You you jumped you jumped that route. You, you jumped that route on the, and hit the pick six. What um, is your 30-second take on the New York Giants Here's my 30-second take on the New York Giants head coach is that – I was fully prepared for it to be the clapper. Um, <laughs> the the Dallas head coach who name literally is escape. Uh, Jason Garrett. Dude, I, yeah. I was fully expecting it to be Jason Garrett once, uh, you know, Baylor's Matt Rule went to Carolina. So it's better than that. And uh, Chris, did you know that the last the last NFL coach to go from special teams coordinator and positional coach to NFL head coach is currently the head coach of the team with the best record in the NFL this year. That is John Harbaugh. I did not know. That. So, I do uh, like best case I, scenario. It's John Harbaugh who, um, yeah. Yeah. That's not, a, that's not a bad route. I like the I like the idea of not like just hiring some dude who's had so many jobs and just taking a shot when you, when you are where you are with the, with the New York giants, you could be like the, I mean, I, I like the hire that my Miami dolphins made. And so, yeah, Flores yeah. get you know, I mean, you say what you will about, I mean, I think the th- the thing about people talk about, um, all the people who, who are under Belichick who get hired and mm-hmm. you can point, I mean, the, the ones that have been good, you know, I mean, Bill O'Brien solid Flores has been great so far. Um, and then the defensive coordinators are the ones who are always like trash. McDaniels yeah. was was he he won a few games right out in Denver, but it was mostly bad. Um, but you know, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, he, Matt Patricia is terrible. No. Um, <laughs> but he was a defensive coordinator; he didn't do anything. Right. So exactly. I think most uh, you know, not only has Judge worked under Belichick, he's worked under Saban, and we all know how good his assistants have been in the NFL. I, that was sarcastic, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I think my favorite parts so far has been that uh, he he won the press conference by saying uh, that the people that the team yeah. would embody the spirit of the people in the region. That's um, good stuff, man. Which he's basically just relating to be Italian people, <laughs> 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 which is I was like, okay, so all right, that's that's weird. So yeah. we're we're gonna talk about hoops obviously because there's a lot of stuff going on with little basketball um there's a lot of media stuff yes um, this is this is gonna be a fun show we're yeah there's police officers bringing out helicopters for there's stuff going on at nowhere bar there's a lot of happening um so yeah um we're gonna talk about that but now i think just to begin this stuff we want to talk about a little bit something outside of the box and that is mr john beeline yeah, John Beeline, Chris, uh, the coach of the of the Cleveland Cavaliers, formerly of the University of Michigan Wolverines, uh, who I think just pulled out this win against uh, against Purdue. We were watching that right before we started recording. Um, so John Beeline, I don't have the tweets in front of me, but I saw the tweets from Woj just before I went to bed last night that <laughs> during a film session, he said that the Cavaliers looked like a bunch of thugs. That they were no longer looking. Okay, like no longer looking like my yeah. mistake. I should I should have had the tweets in front of me. Uh, <laughs> but the best, he actually, the, best, the best part is saying that that he met slugs. But that's the thing. So he actually met the word slugs, as in they were moving sluggishly around. Um, yeah. 
which is um and, and you know you know you, you definitely called young thug young slug before you know, um, and, uh, slugs and harmony slugs and uh, yeah. harmony it's it's happened you know um so a lot of people you know nba twitter did what nba twitter did and just roasted him which was probably deserved to some degree but chris i, I think we're on the same page in this one what what is what was your 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 reaction to this and uh wh- who where do you think the issue is on a bit of a like kind of serious note, I, I think I think in some ways still I am generally on the side of like coming down with a harsh hammer and things like that. But I, I do think in some circumstances we we do cancel people very quickly in society. Um, and I and I actually think this is an opportunity to where we can say. Maybe this guy doesn't need to be canceled. Maybe he is legitimately 65 years old. And he doesn't understand that using the word thug has the same context now that it did, you know, 30 years ago. Right. It's much different. I think that's very possible. And that's kind of where I That's the worst case scenario, right? Yeah. I, I, to, to me, you're not going to sell me that this is John Beeline using that word as like a racially charged thing. I, I may not be in a position to really give a very strong take on that, but I do feel pretty strong about that. Um, just from following John Beeline in his career, there's probably not many basketball coaches that I have more respect for, to be honest with you. Obviously, I don't know John Beeline, um, but I know his players. I know who he's coached. I know that there's never been a problem in the past. And they just, this just seems like a very silly moment to where this would happen so late in his career that suddenly this, this is a thing now. How do you feel? I'm right. I'm right there. I, I, I think my, my deal with, with this is it, 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 I sort of think of it this way. If Rick, we would be like, if Rick Pitino had done this, would we have thought it was like on purpose or on accident? What about the Egyptian thing? With with <laughs> I mean, that might not be the same thing. No, but it's I mean, not the same thing. I I don't know. I think I, I just feel like he's a sixty six year old man who's coaching basketball, yeah. and he seems like a nice enough guy. And I, as I told you before we started recording, um, I mean, he coached Trey Burke, and Trey Burke is by <laughs> no means the whitest dude to ever play college basketball. Right. Um, right. So uh, I don't think that this is. I don't think that he's. This is an issue here. I think he's well respected uh, by people on all sides, and. Um, I just I it was funny because we saw so many people just freaking out. I think it was like ten thirty p.m. Maybe people had a few drinks, you know, uh, yeah. just just getting after it on a on a on a Wednesday night for some reason <laughs> I don't know. And uh, people just wanted to take him to the woodshed because I think that's sort of what happens. If you hey, like I'm not, I'm I am probably closer to Mr. Political Correct than than the vast majority of Americans. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm I, I'm ready to at worst, like I said, I think he uh, misunderstood what he was saying. And I still think it's an 80 90 percent chance that uh, he was he did not you know, he did not intend to do this because I could totally see someone saying uh, and a 66 year old man saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's weird because I. I absolutely kind of believe him and knowing me, we we've, I mean, we've been doing this thing for almost over a year now, which is kind of crazy, but you know me well enough to know that's, that's probably a surprising take for me. I think we have been doing this over the year. (laughs) Yeah, we have, but, um, 
even worse comes to worse, I, I kind of fall into the, the Chauncey Billups school of thought where he's like, the problem is him not using this word because I, I don't believe it was racially charged, but the problem is him not being connected enough with society to know that if he is using this word, even in a joking matter and doing it intentionally, to know that that word means something much different now than it admit. And that's just the reality of the circumstances. Um, and and that, that's how I kind of feel with that. I, I think this is just kind of a, a learning opportunity. It's certainly not a, not a, you know, opportunity where you where you say you fire the guy or, or anything like that i did see someone today saying that georgia tech should should fire josh pastner and and go ahead and try to get john beeline <laughs> if he was relieving his duties which would be great i thought about indiana basketball going ahead and moving on from archie miller and, and grabbing john beeline um but yeah man um it was kind of a weird thing um a very silly thing for him to say if he was saying it in a joking matter but i, I think that's kind of where it lies yeah i still I, I still i still believe in that he was saying they pun like slugs because i saw that video of kevin that love makes sense right because i saw that video of kevin love getting mad <laughs> at um I forgot who, who was the guy who got mad at the, uh, at the, Alabama. the dude from Alabama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, you were just moving way too slow. Run the offense. On a, <laughs> on a side, another NBA re- related note. Another question for you. Do you believe that Jimmy Butler is about that life? Just yes or no. Yes. Do you believe he's about yeah, that? Yeah, he's about okay. that life. He's about that life. I agree with you. No question. A lot of people a lot of people hate on my guy, but I do think he's 100%. Jimmy Butler is one of those dudes that I like I hated like 2-3 years ago, but honestly like him getting mad at practice I thought was one of the great moments of the NBA the last few years and I totally was on board with it and uh I so no who's problem. The, who's the dude he got in the fight? Um, it was Towns, when, Towns and Wiggins. And, it was Towns and Wiggins, right? Towns and Wiggins. But what happened with? Maybe I'm thinking of the Chicago Bulls when what's his name just punched. You're thinking of Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis, Mr. Big Ass. That's who I'm thinking of. Who uh, who um, punched? Who punched uh, Miritich? But that didn't have anything to do with Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler played for the Bulls. Maybe that's what <laughs> but yes, the NBA is awesome. Um, the NBA has a bunch of fake tough guys, and we absolutely love it. We so, absolutely yeah. love it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's about it. We'll, we'll go ahead and start the show and talk about college basketball, which is, uh, you know, a lot more fun if you're Eddie Johnson. <laughs> or it depends if you're Eddie Johnson or not. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. We are speaking on Thursday night, January the 9th. We are two days removed from Louisville overtaking Miami. And the last time we spoke, we were prepping for a Florida State game that they would end up losing, uh, leading to a two-game losing streak, uh, the third loss in five games for Louisville. And now they're in the midst. They're about to begin on Saturday a three-game road trip uh, between Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and then all culminating in a trip to Cameron Indoor against the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, it's it's a very weird part of the year, Chris. I wanted to kind of start off this conversation. I went to the game against Miami, and I like I tweeted three minutes before the game started. I didn't think the game would be twenty five percent full. People ended up showing up, but it felt like even like like it was a Tuesday night seven p.m. game, so it does take people some time to get get there from work. I get that, but it felt like 
a lazier crowd than usual. Uh, I felt like a lot of people, you know, especially when Louisville started, was struggling at the beginning of the first half and then sort of when the game got close in the second half, a lot of folks were really upset. They were uh, pretty angry in comparison to, I think, other games where Louisville's kind of done Louisville things and putzed around and let it get close, which I feel like they do a lot. Yeah, uh, just do. in general, even Mac or no. Um so I, I I don't know. I feel like we're at a point. I, I sort of have this headline where everybody everybody hates this team. <laughs> everybody hates this team. Everybody hates the guards just in general. Uh, we'll talk about one in particular. I just feel like folks have gone incredibly aggressively negative on Louisville, and I think it's just time to refocus. And I think this road trip is an opportunity for this basketball team to refocus the the window and help this fan base kind of resettle into you know caring and and being passionate about this team the these two losses have torn everyone apart uh in in ways that we'll talk about for i think the next 30 minutes you know on and off the court Uh, yeah um, (laughs) so what is what what do you where are you sitting do you agree what do you what do you think where do you think this has been a weird season for me because in almost every aspect, my view of this team hasn't been in line with the majority of the fan base. Last year, it was pretty much in line to where we we're at. Um, I, I felt the same throughout than the majority felt, but I, I just feel pretty encouraged, man. I really do. Like the Florida State game, I, I didn't get too low about because I knew going into that game, I was very concerned. I was one of the few people that probably didn't expect to win that game because yeah. Chris Mack um, struggles historically with Leonard Hamilton Leonard Hamilton um, has his card man yeah going back to the Xavier days it's a lengthy length team it's athletic team a team that that Louisville historically has had problems with um at least you know kind of this makeup and and I thought they shot the ball really well and they shot over 50 percent and I, I didn't think there was a lot but to do the, the second half of Kentucky encouraged me so so much um that I kind of it just propelled me past all that stuff and then the Miami thing happened um you know, I, I thought the, the backcourt played very well. I thought for most of the game, Louisville played pretty well. And then it got kind of weird and hairy at the end, but Louisville stabilized and they answered and, and they covered the spread against a team, a bad Miami team, but a team that had won four out of their last five games before they ran into the um center. Yes, they did just get dominated by Duke, but they were they were heading into the um center with a bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just, we, we, just still don't really know about this team so it's it's hard for me to be strongly negative one way or another i think there are so many like dominoes that can still fall with this team and hey i mean that can be a bad thing that can be a good thing eric eric crawford wrote a column today that you know when you flip the calendar to the new year a lot of teams know their identity and they know who they are louisville's still figuring that out yeah and sometimes that works for a lot of teams uh that that Michigan team a few years ago that had the you know they had the plane issues and they they won the the Big Ten tournament and then they beat Louisville in the NCC tournament they did not figure out things so late and they got hot and they got hot and they kept winning and they kept winning I think they may have went to the Final Four they may have went to the Elite Eight they went and to the they went to the championship game didn't they oh no that was the year after that that yeah I think okay. it, it was they one went of the to, I think they, they went to the Elite Eight yeah they had a pretty lengthy run nonetheless so yeah they were a ten seed. People just need to look at this team and they need to understand it relative to the rest of college basketball. Nobody is good. <laughs> I mean, they're not. 
Ohio State's coming off a three-game losing streak. We don't know what the hell is going on in Columbus. Duke may be good. They could be great if they didn't lose to Steven Austin. But, I mean, you saw Josh Pastner kind of dominate them for 30 minutes and also lost me a pretty significant bet. That's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> Florida State, yeah. I mean, Florida State beat UofL, turns around, uh, almost loses at Wake Forest, and pulling pulling out by 10 points, but that was a, a game they were down um, yeah, a, at a moment. Yeah, like, Every everyone has problems. So I understand the negativity to a degree, but it's just you have to look at it the bigger picture. I don't think anybody believes in Gonzaga that yes, they're gonna win a bunch of games. Yes, they're probably gonna be a one seed. But outside of that, you got Duke, Michigan State's looking pretty good. They they may be a, they may be a team that kind of comes yeah, on late. But I I, th- I think they're they're looking like a classic Izzo deep run team for sure. What I think is interesting about this team is that there would be a lot more comfort if Fred Bettino was coaching them and they went through a losing streak. <laughs> this because is a take. You got you got to lay out this take because this this the, is, I think this is one of your better takes in a while. Let me take a glass of drink of water. Hold on just a second. <laughs> no, you're good. I think that Louisville had a lot of these struggles. I mean, my God, we saw the December struggles in Rubitino. We saw the January struggles. He had a team that went to the Final Four that lost to South Florida in senior night and scored 52 points. <laughs> but people still had faith that Rubitino coach teams would be the best by March. They don't have that faith in Chris Mack, and it is warranted. I mean, his, his best team at Xavier, once he lost in the Sweet 16 to who? Leonard Hamilton. Um, <laughs> but that's 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 the whole rub with this team. I, I think the negativity is much more larger and much more pronounced because they don't have faith in Chris Mack. And that's that's the whole angle, man. That's the whole story. Someone who's listening can correct me if I'm wrong. And and I probably am just, you know, just because we're in this moment. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a fair chance what I'm about to say is is incorrect. It doesn't feel like when the championship team had that three-game losing streak, people were freaking out as much as they are now. I think you're right. And that was because you had already came through that 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 piece where Rick and like, is he going to retire? Is he not going to retire? And then he kind of made a few runs. And yeah, then it was like okay. And I, I I just I think people I really was just shocked, Chris. I really was shocked at what I heard from fans on Tuesday night. I heard and and you know I want to talk specifically about Darius Perry because I think he gets a lot of a lot of heat. But in general, it's I was just hearing a lot of fans just they're just looking for something good to happen. So if anything bad happened, it just it just didn't matter. It, it, it didn't matter. So if someone was taking a shot from the, from the outside, if Ryan McMahon was about to take an open shot, I would hear the guys around be like, no, not don't just chuck up threes. And then if people were dumping into the inside, I'm like, Oh, well he can't make anything inside. And it's just, people just wanted good things to happen. Anything that didn't work, they were hundred percent against. And, and it's, it's a, it's a phenomenon. I feel like we just haven't seen from, from these fans in a while. If you want to go like, deep psychology real talk real quick do you think part of that has to do with just everything that's went on over the last two years and how people are just so desperate for this team to be good because of what's happened in the past you had the david Padgett year you had the ray patino bullshit you had last year getting beat by minnesota you and then you come into this season, you have these high expectations, and you know, yeah, we both know that there's still possible 
NCAA stuff that that could be there could not be there. We know next year what the team's going to look like. Maybe Jay Scrub comes in and maybe it, they they fall, but it feels like the window is very short. Yeah, and I think that plays a part. No, because you, this this fan base is edu- educated. They're, I mean, they're they're smart basketball fans. It's it's nuts. I mean, and obviously the internet's the internet, but I'm just I'm just seeing people tear each other apart on on the internet, on message boards, and Facebook groups, on Twitter. Um, it's 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 crazy. I but I I think yeah, I think people know that this is a, a closing window. I my frustrations I think from that. I I, I will admit to especially after losing the UK just kind of lamenting vocally that that felt like, you know, it's going to take a few years before they have a a good, you know, as good a shot at beating UK as they did this year. I I think, I think UK is going to be incredible next season. And, um, and so you're at least looking at two years, you know, potentially um, to, to wait for that. So I get it. I get it. I just, I mean, even Max doing it, you know, we, I didn't even touch on that. You know, Matt, you know, Chris Mack does his radio show, um, with Rogers and he, that's the part that sold me off. That's the part that's weird. And, 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 you know, I can't even joke with you. I guess I sort of agree with him where he, he basically says something to the, you know, I think, uh, Rogers asked him, I don't have the quote in front of me. exactly. Oh, here it is. Generally, do you, th- Paul Rogers says, generally, do you think you're a better team now than you were in November? Mac replies, I don't think so. And I guess in some ways I, I kind of joke that he, I kind of agree with him. And I think I only kind of agree with him mentally. Yeah. I mean, because it, I don't think anything about this team has changed. I think if anything, this team talent wise, I think you've, I think you've shown that fresh Kimball can be a guy. And that's something I didn't know for sure in November. And um, if you're looking at, you're looking at it number wise, um, I'm looking at, uh, but, but tor- I can never say the dude's name, Torvik. Bartovic, um, yeah. But Torvik, I can never say his name correctly. But if you look at his numbers, they're they're coming off the third best defensive performance of the season against Miami, and that 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 was their their just defense. That was their third best performance. Um, it goes Michigan, it goes Miami, and then it goes uh, or it goes Miami Ohio, then it goes Miami Florida. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you that. I think that what's what's the weird thing about this team is that Darius Perry at the beginning of the season, right or wrong, he was going to be the guy that gets the blame. It, it, it's just the way it was going to go. He wasn't going to be the guy that's going to get a lot of the praise when things go right either. He was just going to get a lot of the blame. So when things are going wrong, even if it not it is not him, it falls to the backcourt. No one looks at, hey, maybe this team is a little bit mentally fragile. No one looks at, hey, maybe this team needs secondary scoring. No one looks at, hey, maybe the defense is, or maybe the the defense is directly affected by the offense. Because I think those things all happen in the course of a game. I think that was a story against Florida State. I think that was a story against Kentucky. That was definitely a story against Texas Tech. Um, And it was, I mean, it was a story against Miami, even to a certain extent. So, like, I, I think a lot of this, a lot of this is above the shoulders and, and the mental fr- fragileness of this team. Which is a bummer because that's what happened last year. They lose that's they, the, they lose to Duke, and, 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 and that's, that's the if point. You're, if you're going to go at Mac, that's what you need to go at. Exactly. Exactly. I was about to say that. If that's your issue with Mac, it's the issue with Mac is, is not – 
It's not the fact that he's not playing David Johnson. It's not the fact that he's not playing Aiden Agehan or, or, or Sam Williamson. It's the fact that the mental that he, the team doesn't seem inspired week in and week out. Yeah, I guess we can just kind of answer this question now because we're already discussing yes. it. Um, a guy from Twitter hit us up, Big T, T Shirley 15. Um, on shout Twitter out, and shout out, man. Shout Thanks out for sending him. it in. And he basically said, "You." this was during the Miami game, and he said, do you find it troubling that Lobo's lost two straight and their motivation and execution is lacking? Is that a coaching thing or players that seem a little more privileged and acting like they have actually achieved something? Um, that's a pretty loaded question, <laughs> but – I think it starts with coaching. And the only reason I say that is because this is a reoccurring theme. If if this wasn't something that happened last year, if this wasn't a team that had their spirits completely broken after Duke and no one could pick them up off the mat, then I may have a different opinion. But this is just such a weird group, man, because you had the year of David Padgett. You had a year of a fan base, a nation, everyone feeling sorry for them because they were thrown into a position that wrongfully they shouldn't have been thrown into. And then they get thrusted into Chris Mack. And it's like, okay, this shit's for real. It's a little basketball game. Let's treat it as such. And they have a good season last year. They went at North Carolina. Um, and, then, and then they go into that Duke game and that happens. And then, you know, the, the season finishes and, and things kind of fall apart. So I think there is something to the mental mental state of this team i i really do i don't think it is an execution thing i think this team is good enough to beat anyone in the country on any any given night i still feel that way yeah i agree i i i do i think mac you know i agree that if you want to put something on mac that's maybe it but i i just i don't know i don't know you i mean louisville is you know a you were mentioned in Eric Crawford wrote a piece, you know, he mentions the article that they're the second most experienced team in, in power six conferences. You know, I think, I don't know what, I don't know, you know, having on, on court leadership, you know, experience, I think besides, you know, kind of just not having the mental guys to do it. I, I, I don't know a ton outside of that, that he can maybe do. And yeah, I mean, and we've been talking about it. We, you know, we've been t- this podcast has been going for a year. We've been talking about leadership for a year now. You were, I mean, you on were the court. One of the we've first been talking about on the court leadership for a year, and I think it's still the thing. And I think Chris Mack is saying at every press conference. He's, I'm sure, he's saying it in practice. If he's saying it in the press conference, probably in not as nice terms. And, and that was the that was the most encouraging thing about the Miami game because Darius Perry exactly said, Fuck it. he said. Fuck and, it. And that's what I wanted to talk about because I, we've been circling around. We've been it, so, circling so let, around. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Listen, here's something that I heard somebody next to me say during this Miami game. Darius Perry made a mistake. I think he missed a shot or something. And the gentleman to me said next to me said, "I would trade." And this is not suitable for the kids. This next comment: I would trade a six pack and a bag of weed for Darius Perry. <laughs> And I was just like, you are, I was like, you're ridiculous. You're absolutely ridiculous. And Darius Perry gets so much hatred and they turned around and without Darius Perry, they don't win that game. They don't win that game on Tuesday. I love that dude, man. I love that guy. And listen, he's, and I've had, you know, I've had some folks say, you know, I love, I know you're a big Darius Perry. You and Chris are big Darius Perry guys. We know that Darius Perry is not Chris Paul. We, we know, know that guy Darius is Perry, flawed. We understand that. We know but... that Darius Perry is not Peyton Siva, but we know 
also that Darius Perry is a is 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 a more important needs to be a more important part of this basketball team than what I think the rest of the fan base believes. That's what kind aggra- of always been our corner. What aggravates it about me the most is that people decided midway through last season that they had made their minds up about Darius Perry yes. and who he who he was who he would who he be was. under Chris Mack. But he finished the season back to back games, no turnovers, back to back game, double digits. The only player in that Minnesota game that looked like yep. he wanted to play yep. him and him yep. and maybe Christian Cunningham finished with 12 points, no turnovers, a few assists. And then he comes into the season and he's played pretty well. He's had four consecutive games without a turnover. Like, I don't know which more you want. I don't think this team needs a prolific score at point guard no. to, to win. I don't. Darius has been as good as he needs to be. The guards were good enough to beat Kentucky. If you are good enough to beat Kentucky and win in Rupp Arena with the history of that series, you are good enough to win any game. Of course. Period. Of course. And that's that's what's frustrated me so much is because it has been the fallback excuse with this team. The only game where I was completely disheartened and I'm like, man, everyone was right about this team. It is the guard play. It was Texas Tech. Exactly. And since then... They have lived up to the bill. They have learned. They have grown. You, so, you said it. You said three straight games where he didn't have a turnover. He played 33, 33 minutes against Kentucky, didn't have a turnover. Played 22 minutes against Florida State, didn't have a turnover. 25 minutes was the MVP of the game in Miami, didn't have a turnover. Um, I, I just I, – I, I, I watch – I watched I don't the get LSU the hype I, video before we re- record this podcast. I'm ready to tackle fuel, somebody. It, it, it's fueling uh, me through right now. I'll, that shit I'll toss awesome. that link in the in the show notes because if you haven't seen this, you know, he's still 80. He's 85th, 85th in the country in assist rate, 14% in the 14th in the conference in assist rate. You know, still he's still 21st in the ACC in three point percentage. <laughs> So what is the problem with this team? <laughs> I I think I think you're right. I think it's all mental. I think they have to see themselves beat a big team before they can beat big teams. Yeah. Which is yes, that doesn't make any sense, Gabe. But that's exactly what it is, and that's the crazy. And that's that's where you know to talk about the ACC in general. That's where I think I'm worried about the schedule because there aren't opportunities as much in previous years to beat big teams. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe beating Virginia and getting that monkey off their back. Maybe that will do it, but I don't think it will. They have to win. They have to win at Duke, which is good. Or they have to win at Florida state. And those are going to be very difficult games to win. Very difficult games to win. It's weird though, because at the same token, absolute worst possible scenario well, they have three losses right now. I see this team coming out with seven losses. That's Absolute, your, you, that's I, 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 that would be worst scenario. I agree. And twenty four and seven, and you you go into the ACC tournament and still probably have a double bye, and still probably get you a five seed. That wasn't what this season was about. Let me let me go ahead and and say that right now. That's definitely not yeah. what this season was about. Um, but. It is It is kind of just wild to think that. I, I think right now, as it relates to the ACC, one standard that we can go ahead and put set in stone and say that this season would be a failure if it doesn't happen, if this team doesn't finish as a third three seed or higher mm-hmm. in the ACC tournament, I agree. that is an abject failure. I think, I think and then this if team... you want to go after Mac, then yeah. 
free game. I completely agree. I think the expectation at this point is they are at least the third best team in the ACC. You, I don't know if, if people listening have watched. I mean, they've probably seen the headlines about North Carolina. Virginia is not a good basketball team, folks. They're not a good basketball team this season. Louisville should beat them twice. Yes, I know what you're saying. I'll believe it when I see it. But they are not a good basketball team this season. Louisville had them in their sights twice last year and couldn't close the deal, and they should do it this year because they're yeah, not I mean, a good they, basketball team. They're they're a tournament team. They're going to win a few games basically just off the strength of their defense, but they're not good. No, but they're, they're not, not. A, they're not a top twenty five team. And I I mean and I there are some folks out there who are so mad that they don't think Louisville's a top twenty five team anymore, even though they've lost to their only three losses are to are to top fifteen teams. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. so uh, but I, I think. Louisville is a class above Virginia this year. Um, uh, North Carolina is not great. I, I'm actually going to be at that Wake Forest game or at the uh, NC State game uh, in Raleigh. So nice. I think that's that's shaping up to be a decent. You know, well, I guess they lost to Clemson at Clemson, so never mind. They looked they looked pretty good against against Notre Dame at home. That's sort of no, well that, I mean, that, that. That's going to be a very big game for NC State because you talk about how bad the ACC is. We're looking to maybe get a fifth team in um, or maybe a 60. They're going to be right on the cusp of being. That, yeah. That's going to be a pretty big game for them. So that's, so that's, that's, that's a game, game to, them. that's a game to underline for sure. Um, and, and I'll be, I'll be there to talk about it for sure. Uh, so that will be kind of fun, but that's, that's sort of my advice to Louisville fans who for some reason are more on the, more on the edge of the ledge than normal. Um, Louisville has lost. Yes, they. Michigan doesn't seem to be the toughest team they've played anymore. Um, I mean, they've lost three of the four toughest games they've had this season. That's that that's that kind that hurts. That hurts. But I I think we more than ever, it's about being healthy and playing your best basketball in March. And I'm yeah. okay if you're saying this team isn't playing their best basketball in in December and January. This is the season and not be doing that. And I think it would be a lot different if you look at this team and say their ceiling had been reached, but there are still a lot of opportunities for growth. Completely There's Samuel Williamson who can kind of develop into another score who had a good game against Miami and see what happens. I still think there's another, uh, some I've, I've heard a few ACC analysts talk about this. There's still another level that Jordan War can get to. I, I still think Stephen Enoch can be utilized in a bigger way. I still think Dwayne Sutton can be utilized in, as a as a better offensive threat. Um, and then David Johnson, we'll see what happens. I remain pretty even kill about David Johnson. I am not on the same level that most of the fan base seems to be on, or it sure seems like a pretty large majority. He's fine. Um, if he develops into the next Quentin Snyder, the next Peyton Siva, then great. That's that's but great. Not, that's a great I, I'm scenario. I'm not predicting that right now. Um, so yeah, um, I think Malik Malik Williams, the guy you didn't mention, I think he had a really rough outing against against Miami. There's definitely room for him to grow. Yeah, I, I think what's funny about Malik Williams is, in a weird way, I thought about this today, is that it's kind of the the same dilemma that you face with Ryan McMahon, but in a totally like different way yeah. because like. You just want Malik Williams to give you some offensive firepower. And it, it, it seems like that's kind of where his game goes to the wayside. He's great on the defensive end. And then you, obviously you have the, the total other issue of Brian the man on the other end of the ball. 
ball. So he yeah. had like a, he had like a six minute segment where he had the ball at the top of the key twice, and the entire crowd knew he was going to shoot. He right. was going to go to the rim, and it was going to end poorly, and he did it anyway. And it was just kind of like, oh, like, come on, man. Like, it wasn't even like a matter. It was just like, we knew that wasn't going to end well. And I and I, I don't know. It's just he's in his own head. I Honestly, him and Ryan are the most in their own heads. Um, I'll tell you what's guys funny right about Malik is that if you ask, like, random dudes around the ACC, like, who one of the best defensive players in the ACC is, a lot of them will tell you it's Malik yeah. Williams. Yeah. And I don't think Louisville fans feel that way at all about him, which is really funny. But I, I've heard that from multiple coaches. I've heard that from just like random guys on Twitter. I've actually been accepted into some of the ACC circles on Twitter, which my <laughs> God, it feels like it's a reading shine of gold. And I'm walking into the pearly gates um, because it is hard for a Louisville fan to get into that ring, that, that circle there. Um, but yeah, they, they will tell you that. Um, uh, what, what else? So did we, we want to talk about some of this road slate and, and just what we want to see going forward. Any, anything else? Yeah, let's, 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 let's do that. I mean, I, I think, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit uh, offline about, or off the show about Duke and, and you mentioned specifically that cash Stanley is, is going to destroy. Um, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. You had a pretty good conversation on Twitter about it. Um, if, if people go into your mentions, you were talking specifically, right. About Sutton. Uh, uh, yeah. Guarding I mean, Cassius. You, you've seen Sutton guard. He, he guarded Maxi. Um, I'm pretty sure they put him on, who is the the other guard from Miami? Not Lakes, but um, he he guarded Lakes some. Um, did he guard Lakes? Okay, some he, he it was he kind of uh, Magusty. Magusty, yes, he's he's basically guarded in in a lot of games, especially the last few. Some of the the best like perimeter scoring threats. Um, but he definitely spent a lot of time. I'm pretty sure he guarded Maxi the entire second half. Yeah. Um, Florida State game is a, a little bit hazy because I was at the game and I had a little bit too much to drink and then I watched <laughs> the replay after. Um, so I, I can't remember as much there. But generally speaking, he has guarded kind of the best perimeter scoring threat. So I think you'll see a lot of him on him. Um, and then that's certainly something to look for. I just think like something worth trying out with this team would be to bring Dwayne Sutton off the bench as kind of a spark. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like we are on the cusp of something with Samuel Williamson, man. I feel like this, this team in general is on the cusp of something with Samuel Williamson, Jordan Mora on the floor together. And it just needs, it, it started to happen a little bit in Miami. And maybe it's just my pre-bias that I had into the season about being such a Sam Williamson guy. But gosh, I feel like I could just reach out and grab it. He, the only thing about him is he just, he's fouling a lot. He's just, he's fouling a ton. I, I, I totally black all that out. He's committing, he's committing five fouls per 40 minutes. That's wild. I mean, yeah. he only played nine minutes, had three fouls. I think he played like three minutes against Kentucky and had three yeah. fouls. The lights are too bright for him there. Um, yeah. So, uh, but talk, you, you were, you sent me, you, you broke down what you want to see rotation wise out of Louisville on this road trip. And I, I think, I think it's a, it's a good conversation. Just a random rotation that, that I'd like to see against Notre Dame or Pittsburgh games that I think you'll have a pretty good chance to win probably Pittsburgh more so than Notre Dame. Cause I think Notre Dame could be a little bit tricky just because there's a really talented big man Pittsburgh um, coming off a win against, uh, against North Carolina. 
Nah, Pittsburgh doesn't scare me. I got <laughs> I, I, I I have a bad taste in my mouth. Just all what happened last year and Jeff Capel and they, they signed him to a seven year extension. By the they way. did. I saw that seven year extension. It's a lot of time. Cow, bro. Um, are the recruits just, coming? Are the, have the, has the have the bags been dropped? Or the, the bags the are, seen they have. Um, a random like rotation for me would be start Perry, start Kimball, Williamson at the three, War and Enoch. Um, play Williamson three or four minutes, bring in Sutton, and then bring in Malik Williams for Wara, and play another stretch with Samuel Williamson, Malik Williams, Stephen Enoch in the front court. I think that would be a cool, pretty cool look just to see what that looks like. Hmm. Um, and, and yeah, that, that was kind of really all, all I had there. When are um, you, it, when are you tossing in, when are you tossing in Ryan McMahon, half the, half the people listening want to hear <laughs> probably, probably tossing in Ryan McMahon on the next rotation with, okay. with bring David Johnson in with, with Perry and then and taking McMahon out and, or taking Gimbal out and putting McMahon in. Um, I didn't put that in the notes, but that would seem to make the most sense. If you're bringing Ryan McMahon in, you probably want to bring Jordan War back in because I think a lot of his value is kind of predicated on Jordan War being on the floor and spreading the floor more and leaving Ryan McMahon more open to, to, to kind of shoot and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I talked a little bit about some of the lineups after the Miami game. It seemed like that. Yeah, well, I'll Moore, toss those in the notes as well. You did some really good work at, at looking at the lineups and there it's clear Mac is trying to figure out what's working best. And yeah, he, I'm, my hope is by the end of the month, he's there. Yeah. I, I'm going to continue tracking it. I'm going to track it for the Notre Dame game and I'm going to track it for the Pitt, Pittsburgh game because I think that's going to like tell us a lot. It's probably going to tell us after the Pittsburgh game, I feel like for better or worse, we're going to know the rotations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, one note about Ryan McMahon, I, I, we, when we were talking about the, the Miami game, we didn't mention it. It seemed like when he hit that kind of late three, that, that was he, nice. he, he, I almost just, almost just saw the weight kind of flow off of him. <laughs> it, it was wild. Like his reaction was like, finally. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, I, so I'm really, I'm kind of eyeing him this, this next game. I want to see how he does. I think he might play a little looser. I think he got pretty tight. So we'll see. You want you want to know a pretty interesting fact about his his kind of shooting struggles? Please, please. I I, I heard Lock uh, Lockman McLean say today what he was shooting in the last three games from three point percentage wise was the same three point percentage that Kentucky walked into the Louisville game. Oh my god! Isn't that wild? That hurts, man. That's a <laughs> that's painful. Pretty, that, 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 it's that's a good stab, but it's it's a painful one. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, we've, we've talked 44, 45 minutes about Lowell basketball now. <laughs> Let's move on to something adjacent, but still fun. Chris. Oh man. Media beefs, baby. Media beefs. So I I, I'm guessing a lot of people who are listening to this probably know what we're talking about, but I will, I it's will probably s- like eight and 10 probably. Eight yeah. out of ten people listening. Probably. Eight out of ten people have have probably heard this, but I, I'm going to set the stage, okay? Um, Tim Sullivan, the Courier Journal's uh, premier columnist, um, not quite a friend of the podcast, but we admire him. <laughs> we admire him truly. We think he's a gift to this community. I think he's great. On January fourth. At 8.13 p.m., 
he tweeted prominent booster after after Louisville loses to Florida State I should say that was that was also right in the middle of that Bills playoff game right after the kick went through the uprights um that won the game for the Houston Texans so Nine. that's so that you were like immediately watching and saw it because I yes. I was out and about I didn't see this until later oh, I, I was definitely much out and about as well but um <laughs> yes I that, I was that, at that, I was at High Horse Bar which is pretty good I want to recommend the at, High Horse Bar I, I was at back door um, okay trying, trying to order some food and, <laughs> good and luck did. on that yeah. they're like hey are you on the wall no okay you gotta <laughs> wait 30 more minutes it's my back door <laughs> review um Prominent booster sent me a text today lamenting that Louisville hashtag Louisville, excuse me, uh, didn't look harder at Kenny Payne to coach men's basketball team. Not convinced that Chris Mack's honeymoon is over after two straight losses, but fans are invariably impatient. Chris, what was your reaction when you saw this incredible tweet? I think this is the dumbest controversy <laughs> in the history of Louisville athletics. <laughs> I legitimately do. It is also very conveniently the most entertaining. But oh man. This is absolutely asinine. Everything about. It. I mean, Kenny Payne is a guy that that played at Louisville basketball. He played for Louisville basketball. And as far as I'm concerned, that is who Kenny Payne is. He's not a head coaching candidate to coach Louisville basketball. He's not a candidate to be on the staff. He's not a candidate to be an athletic director. He's nothing to me beyond that. And Tim is great. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's a perfect tweet. It's a perfect moment to send out that tweet because you cannot tell me that it's not calculated. I, I wonder when he got that text. That's where I wonder. This do you, it, do you think he got it during the Florida State game, or do you think he got it early? Oh, I think he. I. I th oh, do you think? I think it was right after Florida State game. I don't know. Are you saying you think it was earlier? Okay. No. Okay. Okay. I, I, Interesting. It been, I, I think it could have very much just as been after Kentucky. But let's keep let's keep moving this down. So uh, Bob Valvano, host of the V Show, ESPN six eighty. He quote tweets and says, I have no idea who the booster is. And Kenny is a good coach and a fine man, but this borders on ludicrous. Mac is doing Mac doing a terrific job. One celebrated by every credible analyst in the country in such a short time. Two is he a good games. coach though? <laughs> we don't even know that, but go ahead. I'm a, I'm not signing on to that. Uh, two games against all, two games against high level competition going to change all that. Crazy Tim. Uh, Sullivan replies, crazy perhaps, certainly premature, but I'm surprised. So he's already rocking this back. Yeah, that's the fun part. Right. Is that is 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 Sullivan tries to have it. Sully has he wants it both ways. He wants to yes. report news. But then also say, "Oh, I think this is ridiculous." It's like a guy. It's like a guy pulled a fire alarm exactly. in the airport and is like, "What the hell are no, y'all doing? Why no are y'all running?" No big deal. There's just a. It's just a false alarm. Like, wait, dude, you pulled the alarm though. Right. <laughs> this is definitely fake, but I pulled it. <laughs> that was a great A analogy. I will pat myself on the back for that. Oh man, that's genius. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 do that. We'll, we'll we're not afraid to pat ourselves on the back. So here's where. It, it it gets really fun because if you haven't listened to Sullivan get on the V show the next day, 
with with uh, Valvano. I really recommend it on Monday uh, because they just went at it, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty intense and yeah. uh, pretty hilarious. But this is the part that I think to me is the biggest part of this because Sullivan has been an outlet for people who were not pleased with how Jurich and Patino were ousted. He's been a he's been an outlet for Outcast. And so that's the context for me. And 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 I think Bobby V had it he had him dead to rights. He said he asked him is this one of the people who, you know, who was angry about that? He I, that that's not the exact words. And then Sullivan's like, "Well, I'm not going to answer that." <laughs> It's like ding, 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 and he finally even says, "Yep, okay, so they are." So that's the problem no, he, here. He, he, he says it right away that, that that's who they are. I that's will the tell you the problem with this. I, I'll say this: this is this is in a weird way. You can say whatever you want about Tim Sullivan, but this is a mark of a good columnist. I agree. This, this guy I latched agree. himself on to a few people that that nobody really they, they kind of forgot about that nobody really wanted to have to do and he's he's had stories i mean he had some of the rick stuff right after all the all that stuff happened i'm pretty sure he broke the story about adidas and and rick Pitino reaching a settlement yeah i'm pretty sure that was a career general tim sullivan piece it was so i, I i'll give him some credit in that regard but man he just he doesn't give a damn he does. I, I will. I kind of respect it, dude. I and have listen, to respect it. That that's the thing. I, I think I, I can't drag that. No, home no, anymore. no. I th- I think the sports media in this city is better for it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna trash him. But I, I I think I think my issue with this situation is that he 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 wants this to be outside of that context where it has to be together. Those two things are not inseparable. And the fact that he his history reporting in this city, which is an important history and has added some color to conversations that was very needed. Mm -hmm. It can't be separated from the fact that this person who told him this was someone who didn't want who 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 didn't want Patino get fired in the first place. And then when he did get fired, he wanted somebody who was in, you know, the squad of of former UofL basketball players to get the job. And then then there's the whole dynamic of there's still a large section of people that felt disenchanted by the university because Ribatino getting hired and they're still castaways. Exactly. There's that too. Exactly. Which he's done a good job of lending some credence to as well. So it's, it's all, it's all together. It's all a nebulous web. So you have this, you know, I'll toss the, I've I've said like five times, I'm going to toss the, this in the show notes and I don't remember all of it. (laughs) So my apologies for the things that don't get in the show notes, but (laughs) you can at me if you want it. No, I'll I'll, I'll send it to you. We should give an earnest try getting Tim Sullivan on the podcast. (laughs) Well, uh, considering that he went on the V show and then he goes, so during the V show, Bobby talks about a situation or a a time he had with Jerry Eves, uh, who also hosts a radio show. If for some reason you weren't aware of that, um, or for some reason you wanted to listen to it, or for some reason you wanted to listen to it, which, you know, okay. Um, so he tells, so he's mentioned to Jerry Eves at one point, some story about, Jerry not being pleased with how Denny Crum was coaching at some point in the late nineties before Patino ends up taking over and and Crum has left. So uh, 
you know, it seemed like a pretty innocuous story when he was telling it, Chris. Like I didn't, I didn't really have a reaction. It's like, okay, right. this is just an example of, of uh, you know, someone who gets upset at a coach. And and V's point was, and, and he, it's a true one. In the immediate twenty minutes after a game is over, and immediate hours after a game is over, everyone's going to be mad at the coach. If it's a loss, everyone's going to be upset. If it's a win, it doesn't matter how ugly the win is, or if the team deserved the win, they're going to be happy about the win. Sure. So taking taking that as a barometer which sullivan at some points was trying to do of how the fan base was feeling is kind of a moot point so anyway he uses eves as an example for this and eves comes on his show the next day invites bob valvano and just basically basically goes i don't know why your names or why my name's in your mouth bobby v and just like i've never done that i don't remember it and just goes on and on but the highlight of it all is is sullivan just saying oh you gotta keep me out of this Yeah, okay. he, 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 you said he invited Bob Avano, but you oh, he invited yeah, he invited he invited Tim Sullivan onto the show, and basically was just kind of talking about Tim Sullivan's calls and 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 then his whole conversation with about Bobby B. That was the funniest thing is that there were three or four minutes spent on the Tim call the, the Tim Sullivan column, but the rest of the interview was basically just saying. Whatever Bobby V says is a fucking lie. Yes. Tim's just like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Just keep me out of this. And it's just, it's great, man. It, it's it's a bunch of like old dudes getting pissed off, and I and I can't have more of it. I need more. <laughs> it's it's one of the better media beefs we've had in a while. Um, certainly the best intra fan base beef mm-hmm. we've had or inter fan base beef uh because, because it, it, there's there's a lot of stuff that happens in local media that there's never any like actual encounters it's just a bunch of people talking through twitter dms about each <laughs> other but there's never actual like i'm gonna actually talk to this dude and, and tell him what's up so i i will give respect on two accounts for for tim sullivan to come on bobby but he did bob Aveno show he did. and and for bob Aveno to ask him everything he wanted to so that was good I like yeah, him. and Valvano, like you can, uh, you can listen. He was very much like, "I love you." Like, I think you're doing a great job, but I think you just got this one real wrong. And I don't know. I, I mean, I see both sides. I think, I think Bobby's perspective is, or I'm sorry, that that Sullivan's perspective is important, as we've talked about. But as I mentioned, I, I just, I. I tend to lean towards Bobby V because I think Sullivan's past context and and the people who have been his sp- sources um, are probably the same people who said this. I think I'm in Sully sad, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I, I I think Tim Sullivan has spent a lot of time in a pro market, right? And I think he still treats Louisville like a pro market, mm-hmm. and I think it frustrates him that the coaches are constantly protected. And I and I think there is a happy medium for something like that. Right. So, um, the the quote that you did not get to from Jerry Eves was the money quote, and that is that Bob Avano has spent enough time in big boy big locker boy. rooms. That, as far as like the quotes and the, and the one one liners, Jerry Eves took the cake, man. 
should we name this week's podcast spending time in big boy locker rooms i think we should <laughs> that's the name i think the risk is worth it um and i think it should just be in a tweet when we send out the podcast tomorrow there's no summary there's no nothing else it's just new podcast chris and i spend some time in big boy locker rooms <laughs> listen here it's done it's, it's done. done uh anything to add on this tremendous media beef it was good man it was um, good it was one of their better I, ones yeah it, when i'm trying to think of any other ones that we've had that I, the the espn louisville versus dan dockage one uh, was pretty entertaining that's the other one that comes to mind but it wasn't like inner families I, I i think that was a that was an important one and that's one that still kind of simmers um oh yeah I, one of these days, Dockage is going to do something dumb enough to get him fired from ESPN, and yeah. then that's that's going to be a day where you just got to listen to six eighty from 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 nine to nine. <laughs> and there, there's a, there's another one that I won't mention the names, but there's another one brewing that will happen one Ooh. day. That is an inner inner um, inner fan one that involves two prominent people um, that are. I would say you both view them as Louisville fans. Um, yeah, and I'll leave it at that. Oh God, Chris, we're gonna people are gonna people are gonna swim in these DMs. <laughs> I, won't, I won't answer any questions, so you can go ahead and try. But I, I don't won't know answer. who he's talking about, and he's probably not gonna he's probably not gonna tell me. Um, <laughs> Let's get to some local news stories because there are some. There's a lot going on, Chris. Yeah. So yeah. where do we want? We, I think we want to start with the with the the incident at Nowhere Bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you want to talk about it? Do you want me to start? Um, I've got you the story. Can just up. give us, just, yeah, yeah, just give us like the, the, the summary. Uh, so actually, I've had a pretty, it's kind of been an interesting kind of deal. So um, on Saturday night, there was, a, we don't have a, a ton of the details. Um, there was an altercation at Nowhere Bar on Bardstown Road. Um, you know, nice, nice spot. Um, good, good location. You know, I've never really heard, you know, of a ton of issues there, but. Um, so anyway, there was a, an issue uh, around 1.15 on Sunday morning um, where a gentleman uh, named Christopher McKinney uh, got into some kind, some kind of um, altercation with an employee, um, and it led to a situation where security handled him in some sort of way. Uh, we don't have a ton of details how this happened, uh, but it unfortunately ended up with Mr. McKinney uh, dying and passing away um, on, on uh, later that day, later that Sunday. Um, I got words at some point Sunday, a friend said that, that, uh, that one of their family members was at the bar and had heard news that someone at the bar had, had, you know, had gotten to some kind of altercation and ended up dying. And I was really, you know, really bummed because I've been to nowhere bar a few times. It's a good, you know, it's a, it's a good place. And, um, you know, I, I don't I definitely never want to see anything like that happen in the community. Um, the all the updates since then uh, the latest update is that the employee that was involved with the deadly altercation no longer works there that was as of 6:22 p.m. the courier journal posted that um mr mckinney unfortunately late last year um he had he had just gotten married um in late october and his husband uh i think is has has hired a lawyer seems like he yep. plans um to take some kind of legal action of which we are not aware um this is i think chris we just wanted to point this out because it, it just all around seems like a really bad situation and um I don't know what your experiences with nowhere bar are, or I know I've, I've heard some murmurs that, um, 
they, they, this, there's been altercations it's in, in the recent past. Um, but what was, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, on this? I know it's hard to have, yeah. it's a, an opinion, I mean, but I, I don't want to talk too much about my experiences there because I don't think they're particularly relevant um, fair. for, for, for this situation. Um, but what disappoints me the most about this, obviously beyond the, the obvious sadness uh, of what happened there was, <sighs> Just, just the initial response and the initial statement by the by the people of Milwaukee. Yeah, Bar, absolutely. There, there's no. There was a one sentence apology, and then it was basically we're not going to say anything else. And it, I just, I think Here's, yeah, I've got the full statement here, Chris, because yeah, I think I think it is it. worth reading. It, it is um, important. Yes. It's important. Uh, Monday night, uh, Noah Bar issued a statement saying we extend our deepest sympathies to Mr. McKinney's family. And we vow that we have, it is our number one opportunity to provide a safe environment for all of our customers. That's it. That's all the Courier Journal's got. I think when something like this happens, you, you, you fire the guy, but you put that guy in some type of position to act that way. Obviously you're not responsible for the guy doing what he did. But he was in that position for for a reason, and I, and I think there needs to be some type of we're gonna change our policies. We're at least gonna review our policies. We're gonna look into these things and ensure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And that's what disappointed me is that there was none of that. And that's yeah. that's really my only opinion on it. As you said, it's it's very hard to have an opinion. I it's just terrible when something like this happens. It's been a. Uh, it's been a rough few months for some local establishments. So yeah. it's, it's, it's bad to see. And I was really, I was really bummed to hear that, you know, you know, obviously it's always terrible when someone, you know, when someone dies uh, tragically in this kind of situation, but I really was bummed to hear, you know, just gotten married. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it, there's a, there's an article in the Courier as well as, uh, some of his friends and family remembering him as a thoughtful and funny guy. Um, it seems like he was a great person that, that we lost too soon. So it's, it's obviously always difficult when something like this happens, but it seems like this was, um, this was a death that didn't need to happen. Um, and I definitely, I agree with you that the nowhere bar statement's not great. Looks like they've sort of said in another situation, in another area that they're not really saying anything because there's an ongoing investigation, but you're absolutely right. I think um, it it merits more than a paragraph. You can still say that we're going to, at the very least, review our policies and ensure all of our employees are properly chained. That doesn't affect the investigation. That doesn't emit any type of guilt. That that says that you're going to do the best that you can possibly do. I, I think that what's important about this story is that it gets followed and it gets drawn out to the proper conclusion and that the investigation is completed and whatever happens is, is done. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, this, absolutely. this needs to be completely investigated and, and, and to make sure that there was nothing more going on and then than just a very unfortunate situation. No, you're, you, you are absolutely right. And it's, um, I think I think the Courier Journal is on top of it. I think they've done a good job so far. They've done a respectful job so far. Um, you know, once once uh, once Mr. McKinney was identified, you know, doing a background story on him and 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 kind of telling his his story and his his background, I think is really important in this type of situations. So that's kind of the best thing, the best thing to do. Unfortunately, a lot of people, um, 
a lot of people in this situation don't get that. So, you know, when, when they do, I'm, I'm very happy and, and, and I'm, I'm pleased that, that that's the right, that's the right way to go about it um, yeah. because it can go wrong. Some people just want to, they want to talk about the bad part and, and not the part, not the people behind that part. Um, that's, that's a very good point. It's a very important part of journalism. Too. So what, that's something we'll, we'll follow up on and we'll, we'll keep track of. Cause I think, um, I think you're right. I think that could be a story that that could that it could be drawn out and 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 be an important part for that community. I know we've talked a, a good amount about Bartsend Road, and I think this is an important piece of that. Yeah. Um, um, another headline we can kind of move on to here is is the LMPD uh, just just out here wilding, man. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, it's it's absolutely nuts, man. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, the article, the WDRB did a a, a pretty in depth story about it. Uh, LMPD chopper lands on Fern Valley Road to catch accused marijuana dealer. Uh, I'll toss the, this this link in the show notes as well. Where basically they a gentleman who was a suspected drug dealer ran from police, drove away on Fern Valley Road, and the cops felt like they needed to. Uh, they needed to use the chopper on him because yeah. it was at night, I guess. Can I, can I, can I just give you like, no, it was at 1230 on a Tuesday. My mistake. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I give you four points of this story that four. are, that are, that are hilarious to me? Um, first, the very first sentence, accused drug dealer, but no background on why he's an accused drug dealer or why LMPD may think that Two, one bag of weed. For a drug dealer who has one bag of weed. I don't know if you know how drug dealers work, but I'm, I'm not going to say they're just going to have one bag of That's uh, low stakes. That's low yeah. stakes, folks. And they, they just say it's a large bag of weed. Don't give an exact quantity or don't give anything like that. Third, third I'm point. guessing it's not that large, Chris. That's just that's, that's an, that's a, scientific, a scientific estimation. Third point. The, the, the guy that was driving the chopper says that the suspect was driving erratically. Two points on that. One, yeah, he's probably driving erratically if he's if he's in a police chase. That's probably a pretty loose distinction of driving erratically. The second point is, you're the one saying he's driving erratically. You were in the police chopper, so was he driving erratically before you got there, or before you had a chopper over him, fucking acting like you're, you're Rambo? Like, I, I, I mean, what's going on here, man? This is this uh, is really wild to me. The police, a, the the police at one point said, if they hadn't had the helicopter, had we not been there, I think you would have gotten away. Um, the dude ran out of gas, so I don't think I don't, I don't think that was going to be an issue. Um, but yeah, man, this is your 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 taxpayer dollars at work, Chris. This is our yeah, taxpayer that, dollars that, at work. That's a, that part, like that's the part that like gets a lot of attention. I don't even care about that. It's just dumb policing. Like in general, not to mention not to mention the whole chase policy situation i don't know yeah. if you followed that i haven't i didn't even write that down here but if you haven't read some of the courier journals i think it was a courier maybe it's wfb that's, that's been really good coverage by them on on that uh that the chase too, the, the that the the, yeah. the the lmpd had their chase policy that they changed like last year and since then a bunch of people had died and then they changed it and it doesn't they're saying that it's helped out but it hasn't really uh, it's it, if you look it up, it's it's pretty fascinating stuff. But yeah, that was another fun story we saw um, <laughs> making the rounds. Jesus, yeah, I had, a, I had another angle on this, but I, I I completely forgot what it would. But just like, I mean, here's the thing: like the, the police department 
and, and, and the city of Louisville have eroded some of my trust. And if they've eroded the trust of a white male that live in, let, lives in the Highlands, I can't even imagine what they've done for the rest of Louisville. Because I am obviously in a very privileged position and they've eroded my trust. So if you're going to do these things, then give us full transparency. Give us a video from the copper that shows he's driving erratically. Then maybe add a little bit more credence to, to, to what you're doing. If he's really putting life at risk, then I have less of a problem with it. I just have a hard time believing that. Um, give us a little bit more background on, on why he's an accused drug dealer. Was it a guy that you, that you saw... You know, coming out of a house of a shady neighborhood that had a yep. different color skin than you. Yep. Let's, let, I mean, let's be real. Um, just give me a little transparency. That's all I'm asking. I would, I would feel a lot better about the situation, and I probably wouldn't even draw much attention to it if there was just some more transparency about what's going on. I don't think that's too much to ask. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think at all, and it's you know. Just another one, you know, another one of those problems that I mean, cities. A lot of cities have those issues, um, but it's just it's just wild to me when I see stuff like this. Like we're just gonna use the chopper, get in the chopper, it's just, yeah. it's just, it just chases this, this shit down. So um, is is the you hate to see it segment? Is that me on next door and just <laughs> finally losing my temper? No, here's here's this week's you hate to see it. I actually meant to bring this out, and we we're gonna talk about UNX to close out the show. Okay, but here's my you hate to see it, and some people are gonna be mad because it's about Kentucky, but not in a bad way. Um, you hate to see it when a Tom Crean led oh, team acts like they won the game at halftime. But there's 20 minutes left to play, and they end up losing the game. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the clip, Chris, but Bill is just like yelling, "Look, there's 20 minutes left," while jo- while Georgia's acted like they've just toppled number one Kentucky. <laughs> I'll make I'll, I'll make people feel a little bit better that are local fans. The last time that I remember watching a game and feeling that way was when the Kentucky football team put the Gatorade over Hal Mummy for an LSU win and stormed the field. And there was still another play to go on LSU and LSU winning the game. Yeah. That, that was the last time I remember feeling that way about the game. That was extraordinary. It was, it was great. That and, was and so funny. it had funny. to be Tom Green. It just it had, had to be. It couldn't, it couldn't be anyone else. It had to be Tom Green. And, um, Anthony Edwards is just being ridiculous. Being yeah. ridiculous. Also, um, the, 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 the some Kentucky fans have been rightfully correcting their own fan base. But – the Kentucky fans that are like, oh, Calipari would have benched him if he was showboating. I, I just, it's absolutely I don't, I don't agree so, with that at all. So I don't agree with that anyway, at all. We can get, we can move on. Yeah. I, 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 there's, yeah. Okay. That's enough. Let's, <laughs> let's not do that. Um, Chris, you, you, you've joined us on Nextdoor, the wonderful <laughs> neighborhood app. And how, how long have you been on Nextdoor, Chris? I've been on Nextdoor for almost a year. But oh, for almost a year. I haven't had the app. I've just been getting the emails about the top mm. stories. So that was the funny thing about today is I get the email about the top posts, and it has to do with homelessness and a homelessness camp that I pass every day. And I'm just like, this is a Karen fucking posting this. All right, it is my time to shine. <laughs> We're going in full throttle, and I am paying for it right now. Let me tell you, buddy, it is a full facade on, on, on me at the moment. So let's let's talk about what, what did Karen – what was Karen's Karen initial Bay- assault? She, she, she basically said something along the lines of how she was concerned about 
on Lexington Road. If you go past it, you can certainly see it. Um, there is a probably four or five person homeless camp that is set up on uh, right past kind of the Girl Scout Club mm-hmm. on on Lexington Road. Yeah, it's meets, not. Uh, I I used to live in that area. I grew up in that area. It's not hard to see. I'm sure the majority of people who listen, or a good amount of people, will will know this. Yeah, but it's it, it, it's on a road where there's not really any housing close by because it's just a pass-through. Um, and, and she was upset and wondering if anything was going to be done about it. And I, I, I just didn't let it go. I, I had to dive into the comments, and so I did. <laughs> so, what, so I think you, you, you posted some of the – the tweets uh, some of the messages it seems like you're just getting people coming at you um yeah if her name wasn't karen would you have gone in absolutely not <laughs> that, that was like I, so i've seen a few that have definitely piqued my interest but i'm like it's not worth my time but i'm i'm sitting here at work about to go into a meeting and i take time to click the link download the app register because i couldn't remember all of my login so i registered a whole not entire new account to go in and write this one comment. That's how freaking triggered I was in that moment. And um, I did. Yeah, I just basically said, stop pretending like you're concerned about the people, you're concerned about the eyesore. Um, and and yeah, <laughs> man, I don't even know what it looks like right now. My phone's in the other room. Um, <laughs> but Mr. R.A. Christian told me not to come into the forum and be unkind. Yeah, he did. Um, Ran got very upset, which, I mean, you had Ran and Karen back to back. And I'm just like, this is um yeah it was it was good times and uh, and i look forward to to getting to know my neighbor more and kind of getting involved into the 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 next door app conversation the the funniest part about this is is i'm still registered in the neighborhood that i no longer live in Uh, okay (laughs) because i used to i live in the highlands now and but i used to live off frankfurt avenue um and i'm still registered in that in that kind of area so that's why i was getting those emails. yeah ours doesn't pop off as much as it, as i feel like it did we had a few moments during election day where people were there was a group there was a, a, a page or a thread about people being very upset at how many how many uh campaign um signs were out right a woman was like that's a, that's uh, they're a an they're an eyesore like they're just showing that we're divided and someone's just like you can't tell people like what to do like it's freedom of expression and then one guy said that people were discriminating against him because of his campaign signs like he had some <laughs> campaign it, he's like i had a few signs out about uh, about refugees and uh, i got something from the cuz we have a i live in one of the small cities so they have their own code and they were just talking specifically about, um, you know, oh, these don't, these aren't like approved political signs, so you can't have those. <laughs> and the guy was super mad, like, this is BS. I've had some of these signs up for forever. Um, so that was absolutely hilarious. I'm trying to think of like one of the five word posts that I could put in this group that would elicit the most like comments. And the five words that come to mind because of where it's at, the Clifton area is do not drink the water and just <laughs> write a big paragraph about Louisville tap water and how it's not what you think it is and to see what kind of like response that elicit. I'm, I'm really trying to think of the most controversial thing that I can say <laughs> and and really just get this stuff popping off because I, I, I don't know. I, I want to spend more time on the next door app now. 
it's a fun app and if 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 people are listening and haven't haven't poked around their neighborhood there's a chance that there's a few <laughs> things they've changed i've I actually went on since you were talking about it earlier today on twitter and they've sort of changed how it works now it's more specifically about recommendations and things they kind of yeah. don't really point you towards like a quote unquote message board right uh which is which is kind of a bummer and uh cuz that's where the fun was but you can get there it's it's it still exists it's just not like the main landing point of the app because we had this with topics. Did you ever get on topics? No. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Topics was great for like small towns. Uh, people would like put someone's name and be like, does anyone know about this person? I'm about to date him. <laughs> it was great. That was, I don't know if you, I don't, there was, when I was at U of L, um, well, when it, it, it mattered more with like the, the Greek I think, life. I think I know what you're going to talk about. College ACB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't times. do this. We can't. This, I think we're past the hour point. We can't do this. But shout out <laughs> to College ACB and all the terrible time I spent on it and uh, caring about it. So shout yeah. out to that website. Uh, Chris, anything else before we shut this thing down? Um, is Mike Leach getting hired as funny to me? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it very hilarious to you? Because it's very hilarious to me. That's the last thing I have. I've never like I get why people think he's funny, but I've never understood why that's like translated to respect as a college coach. Yeah, but him being in Mississippi is hilarious. It's hilarious. Right. Okay. It's utterly hilarious. But I just wanted to say that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. He's a very like average coach. Um, I don't think he's very funny. I do find it very interesting that people have this this likability for mike leach when he's kind of an asshole they have this likability for greg popovich and i have this likability for greg popovich when he's kind of an asshole uh but but they're still kind of both assholes um, but you've I, you've been to i, I like greg popovich i don't, I don't yeah. mind because I, I think there's always been an earnestness behind his yeah, shtick yeah yeah his shtick has always been i'm coaching and i want to do my job coaching so that's why i'm going to be an asshole to you right I'm now just but i still am a respectful di- person that, i'm just interested in that dynamic in general here here's my here's my leech take i've always said if leech wasn't in the pac 12 it would not be funny and people wouldn't love it right now he's in the sec where people even at mississippi state they think it's life and death <laughs> Even though Mississippi State doesn't do anything, it so it's be funny to go five and seven and make jokes. It about is not going to fly. It is not going to fly. Yeah. It's not going to fly. I'm right Starkville. with you, man. I think Stark it's going to go bad. Stark Vegas. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Okay. I think that's it. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. We will do another pod next week. Um, we'll do another pod before this big. I think this this big Duke game I think is now like the next big game of the season for yeah, Louisville. It's gonna be pretty heavy on that for next time. We so talk, we'll definitely sure. pod before then. We'll probably you know we'll we'll experience what Notre Dame and Pittsburgh is like, and we'll see if there's anything else crazy that happens. So uh, go Cards, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time.